Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Hey, so we are kicking off Vacation Bible School. Basically, the theme, you've heard the theme, and it's about understanding the fact that, like we talked about last week, fascinated. The, the, the longing for fascination that God made all of this, but he made you. And his desire in making all of this and making you was for one purpose, and that's a relationship with you. That's what he wants. So we're going to talk about today. I, I want to see something, though, because I'm curious. If you're in this room today and you gave your life to Christ, you were born again, somewhere... At Vacation Bible School, raise your hand. That's where you prayed and received Christ. That's a lot of hands. There's a lot of people that get saved at Vacation Bible School. That, that still today is one of the greatest evangelism tools the church has. Vacation Bible School has always been that. So here's what I want to talk about today. Not the galaxy, not so much that he made you, but he did make you. But I want to talk about the gospel. I want to talk about the fact that Jesus Christ desires more than anything in the world a relationship with you. He does. So let's look at it. Step one, God's purpose for us. God's purpose for us is simple. Peace and life. God loves you, has a purpose for your life. God wants you to experience his life that he created you to have. He wants you to have peace and purpose through a personal relationship with him. That's what he's after. From the minute you're born, that's what he's after. He's chasing you. The Bible says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 5.1. We also know John 3.16 says this, God so loved the world, so loved you, that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but would have everlasting life. John 10, 10 says, the Bible says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Big question though is, why don't most people have the peace and abundant life that God planned for them to have? Why not? Because you see it everywhere. You see people that are not having that abundant life. You see people that are not at peace at all. So why not? Let's find out. The problem is this. There's a missing relationship. There is an absolute missing relationship. We were created to have a relationship with God, but he did not make us to automatically love and obey him. He gave us a will and a freedom to choose. And from the very beginning, we chose to disobey God and run our own lives. The Bible calls it sin, and the result of that is separation from Him. I I promise you, you're like me. There are times that it would be a really cool thing if God would have robot, just made us robots and programmed us to worship Him, to obey Him, to act like Him. But we live in a world where that does not happen. 
But that's a beautiful side too. He gave man the freedom to choose. Sometimes that's ugly, but there's a beautiful side of that as well. Beautiful side when you can see and learn to trust and obey him. But the problem is we were born with a sin nature. If you were born today, water birth, you were born with a seed of sin. You came from two people who had sin, okay, who had the same seed. They made you, and you were birthed with that sin nature. God came to break that, to kill that, to end that, okay? That's what he's after, that sin nature. You can look at your parents if they're with you and say, thanks, Dad. Because, I mean, that he gave it to you. He gave it to you. Listen, we could go in the nursery right now in that preschool area, and here's what's going on in there. Somebody's got a toy. Nobody wanted that toy the whole morning. Kid walks over and gets the toy. That kid begins to smile and have joy. Well, that's not going to happen because somebody is going to go get that toy that nobody else wanted, and then the cat fights on because then there's going to be somebody else that wants to get involved and get that toy as well, and then they're going to play with that, and then somebody's going to pick up another toy that nobody even cares about, and then this cat fight starts over there, and I promise you, you can go to the playground, and they're going to push each other over. Why? They're just going to push each other over because they're going to race to a swing or to a slide and somebody's got it and they're going to cry and sit and pout and and protest. They got my swing. Well, it's not your swing, okay? And they beat you. You're slow. Pick it up. (laughs) If if you get a fresh diaper on, it won't be so heavy and you can get there. It's that weighted down diaper that's got you problems. Now you got to pick up the speed. You you don't have to teach your kids that. When's the first time your kid came to you and lied? You just looked at him and go, you're so lying to me. You came from me and you're lying? How did, I don't even do that. I know your dad does, but I don't do that, right? You realize that we can do that. We automatically can be We can automatically disobey God. We can do the wrong thing. We don't have to teach that. That happens. It's it's a given. For all of us, every one of us, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. And that sin, the wages for that sin is death. It is. But, and this is a big old but, all right? But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's that's what we're supposed to get. But Jesus said, no, I'll take their place. Mm, I'll take their place. Do you realize who you're taking a place of? Uh they, they, they They don't care. What if they don't even accept it? What if they don't? There's no guarantee. I I, I got this. I'll take their place. I'll die for them. And so he dies on a cross, on a hill called Calvary for each one of us. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter where you come from. doesn't matter what you got. doesn't matter what you wear. doesn't matter what you smell like, how you eat. doesn't matter how you walk. Doesn't matter what you drive. Doesn't matter about your house. Doesn't matter about whether you went to school or didn't go to school. Doesn't matter if you were a good student or not a good student. Doesn't matter if you were an athlete or not an athlete. It doesn't matter about any of that stuff. Only thing that matters is if your heart beats, he loves you. If your heart beats, he loves you. He loves you in your nastiness, in your stank, 
He loves you with that language. He loves you when you're lying. He loves you when you're cheating. He loves you when you're stealing. He loves you all the time. And he's going to continue to chase you. And you think, well, I can move over here and I can move over here and I can run over here and I can run. You, fine. Spend all your money running and he's still going to chase you. Because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. There's people in this room today that are arguing about the fact that whether God loves them. Stop. He's already proven it. He said, I love you so much, I'm going to send my son to die for you. That's how much I love you. Our attempt to reach God, people try all kinds of things to try to reach God. People try to find the field of emptiness in their lives many ways. They also try to build bridges to God and do a lot of good things. Listen to me. Relationships, woman at the well, five husbands living with a man, filling the void. Listen, Bible tells us that there is a God-sized void in all of us. It's God's side. It's not anything else. It's God-sized, which means only thing that fits is God. Nothing else fits. Everything else leaks. It's just not going to do it. And people from beginning and probably to the end will try to put a whole bunch of stuff in that spot, and it will not do it. Woman at the well tried it with five husbands, and the man she was living with was not her husband. And Jesus met her at the well and said, listen to me. You could get six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then none of them are going to do it. The creation will never feel the hole the Creator gave you. I will feel that. And I will become a well in you that will spring up to eternal life, and you will never, ever, 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 ever have to ever come back here again. And you will never have to try to find a relationship to do it. People try religion all the time. I'm going to say something to you. I'm a pastor, but I don't like religion. Religion has done more to hurt the church than almost anything besides sin. Religion has made people mad. It's run them from church. It's made them angry. It's wounded them. They can't worship because they're wounded from religion. Religion has confused people, and my God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of clarity. And I'm telling you, religion can mess you up. Don't be a religious person. And I'm going to tell you why I don't want you to be a religious person, because Jesus doesn't like religious people, okay? He didn't in the Bible, and he still doesn't today, all right? He got on the Pharisees all the time because they were, their, their lips would worship him and pray out loud on the corner, and their hearts were evil and hard and cold. And they would pray on the corner, and Jesus was like, shut up. Quit all this babbling on the corner and making a big ruckus about me in front of all these people to impress them. I know your heart's evil. Stop. I'm after your heart, not all this other junk. Don't sell me your goods. I want your heart. And it made him sick. And unfortunately, religion in this country has hurt the church. Don't worry about religion. Don't chase religion. Don't try to join the right church. Don't try to look right in church. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Just fall in love with Jesus. Just fall in love with Jesus. The Bible says, there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end leads to death. Proverbs 14, 12. Titus 3, 5 tells us, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. 
his mercy. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, beautiful verse, talks about the fact that it's not by works that you are saved, but God's grace. So no man will boast. No man. Listen, if we could work our way to the cross, Jesus would have never had to take that beating. He never would have. There's no way, my friends, no way you can ever do enough good stuff to get to heaven. You can't serve enough, sing loud enough, memorize enough scripture, go to church enough. It doesn't matter, man. You, you can't tithe enough. You can't carry enough old people's groceries. You can't open enough doors. You can't save enough dogs in the street. You can't do enough. You can't. You can't do enough. You can't. It's not by your works. It's not by behavior. You can't do enough. Step three, God's bridge. One way to God, cross. The cross has the final word. It's more than a song, my friends. It's a cool song. It's more than a song. Jesus provided the only way to God. In order to bridge the gap between God and man, God sent the one and only Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. He died for our sins on a cross and rose from the grave to prove it. And this opened the way to forgiveness and a new relationship with God. That's why Easter is cool. Listen to me. He didn't just die, but he rose again. He conquered it forever. He sealed the deal. He said, it's finished. It's over. It's done. You don't have to do nothing else but believe in what I did. Believe in the cross. Believe that I died for you. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You shall be saved. No other way that a man comes to God except through the cross. He sealed it. The grave sealed it for good. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said to him, I am the way the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6 says, I mean, that's as simple as it comes. There is no other way to God, to the Father, except through me. Here's the deal. We die. We go to heaven. God sits on his throne and his right side is Jesus. God looks at his son and says, do you know him? And the ballot hangs in the answer of his son. At that point, at that point, my friend, there's not a bumper sticker, a t-shirt, a honk if you love Jesus. There is nothing that can help you. Nothing. God says, do we know him? And your eternity hangs on what comes out of his mouth. Jesus says, yes, I know him. When he was 10 years old in First Baptist Church in Athens, Texas, he walked down an outside aisle against a window and he came and stood right here and he prayed a prayer and was born again. And he's been mine ever since. And God says, welcome, my good and faithful servant. My friends, there is no other way to write it 
and it won't be rewritten because you've been hatched. That is the deal, that is the way, and that's that. And until you figure out that that's what you've got to get under, you're in trouble. Because as long as your ego is bigger than God, as long as your pride is heavier than the universe, you're going to stay lost. I'm sorry that you don't think it should work that way, but that is the way it is. That's the truth, and that is, according to Scripture in John 14, 6, the only way to God. The only way. The only way. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 says this, Christ Jesus died for our sins according to what? Scripture. He was buried and he rose again on the third day according to what? Scripture. (laughs) That way it leaves all opinion from man out of it. See, you don't even have to like me at all. But you have to love Jesus. You have to understand that the Scripture says this is how it's done. This is how it's done. God has provided the way. Now the choice is yours. Step four, simply this, our response. Receive Christ. God's done everything necessary to provide forgiveness and restore the missing relationship in your life. He offered us a choice to accept it. We accept it by trusting in what Jesus did for us on the cross and receiving him as Lord. The one we follow, the Savior, the only one that can rescue us. The Bible says this in in Revelations 3.20. Here I am, Jesus speaking. I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Simple as this. When you were born, unbeknownst to you, you have a doorknob on your heart. But you only have one doorknob. It's not two ways. It's one. Nobody gets in your heart unless you open a door and come in. And what happens to us is this. Jesus Christ will stand at your heart's door. You will feel warm. You'll feel your heart pounding. You know it's him. You know what's going on. And he simply just knocks. And that's him. And if you will open the doorknob and open your heart and invite him in, He will come in. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ is the ultimate gentleman. All of us pale in comparison. He will never kick a door down. He will never shove a door down. And he will never, never, never knock the door down. He will only come in a door if he's invited in. Many of us have heard this knock. And we've ignored it. My friend... The big question for eternity has always been, is there a limit to the time God has a knock on your heart? Mm. I think there is. I think there is. Many people in this room have heard it several times before you really open the door. You may be hearing it right now. You may have heard it this week. You may have heard it this morning. You may have heard it during worship. You may hear it later today. But my friend, when you hear that knock... And Jesus wants to come in, open the door, and let him in. And please, for the love of Jesus, don't throw up a whole bunch of stuff you've done to chase him off. But I go to church all the time. I even have Christian music on my 
radio. I, I wear a t-shirt. I, I, I got a sticker. I, I take my family to church. I pray with my kids. Remember when I was six, you didn't know what you were doing at six. You know you didn't know what you were doing at six, and your life has proven that. If he knocks on your heart and says, today is the day, do it. Because, folks, I I promise you, I can't tell you he's going to knock again. I hope he does if you get that chance, but I can't promise you that. He says he stands at the door and knocks. John 1.12 says this, Yet to all that received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Romans 10.9 says this, That if you confess through your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe... If you believe, if you will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you confess that, you will be saved. The thief on the right side of Jesus looked at Christ on that cross and he said, this man does not belong up here. He's done nothing wrong. The one on the left cussed him the whole time. And Jesus turned to the thief on the cross and said, today you will be with me in paradise. Because he confessed him. We get to heaven, that thief on the cross, on the right side, going to be in heaven. Big debate's always been, do you have to be baptized to be saved? Well, that thief sure didn't come off that cross and go to Jordan and get baptized and they hang him back up up there. No, he just died up there. Baptism doesn't save you, my friend, just gets you wet. If all you're going to do is get wet, you can get wet at the house. Baptism doesn't save you. Prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord saves you. That's what gets you to heaven. John's gospel tells us that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. My friends, he's moving all around you. For some of you today, he's knocking on your heart. For many of you, he's been knocking on your heart. Can you please, please open the door today and receive me born again? Nicodemus came to him at night. And he asked him, what must I do? And Jesus told him, you must be born again. You've been born once of water. Now you must be born again, the Spirit of God. Today I ask you, in this room, have you been born again? Have you been born again? The answer that just popped in your head is the truth. Just like a true and false. When you read it, you know it. Have you been born again? Once was this, but now I'm this. I was once blind, but now I see. I was once lost, but now I'm found. Listen, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. If you were saved at 10 and you're now 50, look back over 40 years and tell me what your life says. If you don't see anything, if you don't see change, if you can't pinpoint it, if you know there's nothing different about you, quit fighting it and get saved. Be born again, and you'll never be the same again, I promise you. So where are you today? 
You need to admit what you need. You need to admit your need. You're a sinner, and you've been running your own life. Be willing to turn from your sins, repent, and come back. Trust that Jesus died on the cross for you and rose again, and through prayer, invite Jesus to come into your life and save you. What you're going to see up there on the screen, pop it up, boys, is a prayer. As we move to a time of invitation, here's what I want to do. A lot of times, when we go to a time of invitation, you've been in settings where you say, well, close your eyes and uh, bow your heads and no one looking around. If you pray this prayer, I want you to raise your hand. And I've always felt that's kind of weird because I can't find it in the Bible and I'm kind of partial to the Bible. As I watched Jesus, Jesus walk along and he'd say, want to be my disciple? Mm-hmm, I do. Drop that net, follow me. I want to say something to you. Right now, if you want to be a follower of Christ, if you want to be born again, you want to be saved, you want to be changed forever, you want heaven to be your home, you want all the doubt to go away, in just a little bit, I'm going to pause and give this audience right here a chance to pray this prayer. And then I'm going to ask you to stand up if you prayed it and walk down here. You say, well, everybody's going to be looking. Yep, everybody. If someone starts to walk down here, I want every one of y'all to look at them. Everybody, all right? Listen to me. This is the safest place you'll ever find to stand for Jesus. The safest place you'll ever find. Because see, if, you, if we bow our heads and close our eyes and you become this little secret agent Christian, guess what you're going to do out there in the world? Be a secret. Don't tell nobody. No. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you'll drop your net. You'll come follow me. Otherwise, you'll be a little fan with a Jesus t-shirt clapping for me. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Jesus, 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 Jesus. No. You're going to get eat up out there. You're going to get eat up out there. You said, Jeff, that's, that's risky, man. This is my church family. This is my church home. I'm this, I'm that. You want me to pray a prayer and stand up and walk to the front of a church with everybody in the house looking. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. See, this week, boys and girls are going to do that. Boys and girls are going to do that. We're going to ask them to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if they're not born again, we're going to ask them to pray a prayer and come to the front, give a life to Christ. Today, if there's an emptiness in you, there's a void inside of you, you and God, you know you don't have a relationship with the Lord. You've tried for years. You tried, you tried, you tried. You tried to be the best you can. You tried to put your best foot forward. You tried, you tried. You tried to impress your wife. You tried to impress your husband. You tried to be the right dad. Tried, tried to be the right mom. And you're just tired, man, because you can't get it right. You can't get it right because you have no power in you to get it right. The church must have power moving forward. And the church will only have power moving forward when the little church has power. You and me. And when the little church has power and we all come together, the big church has power. But as long as the big church comes together and half the church doesn't have power and the half the church does, we're going to be half. Half ain't going to get it today. This world will kick our teeth in. 
today, simply this. You need Jesus? You want to be born again? I want you to pray this prayer. Not with your head, not with your toe, with your heart. Mean every word you pray. And then if you pray, I want you to stand up. So I'm going to give us time to be quiet. I want everybody looking. And if you need to pray that prayer, you pray that prayer. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 